Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. How many of you have ever seen that video before? The purpose of that teaching, when I saw that video, guys, it really, it really struck my heart. And as you can tell, it was a video where the pastor's preaching and he's saying Jesus Christ could come back at any moment. Jesus could come back and he hears the lightning and, and the Bible falls and, and people are gone. Now here, the thing that, that I worry about is, did you see there were still people there? And they're looking and they're going, oh my gosh, what's, you know, and he, there's some that realize And I, I wanted to give you guys perspective, basically, on the hope that we have. I wanted to give you a video. I wanted to, guys, think about, here's what's happening in the world today. Crystal Lewis once sang a song, and, and it's part of our Wednesday night series, but she says, people get ready, Jesus is coming, soon we'll be going home. People get ready, Jesus is coming, to take from the world his own. And she sings all of that song, and it's, a, it's people get ready. And, and uh, guys, this is, this is where we're headed. This is where it is. And I love that the word of God is not vague when it comes to what is going to happen next. As a matter of fact, I love that the apostle Paul tells us about that event. You go, where? He starts with 1 Corinthians 15, 52. We talked about it in our study, but it says this. In a moment, guys, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead in, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. That's what Paul, as he writes to the Corinthian church. But it's not like Paul said, hey, you Corinthians, be ready for the rapture. He actually said that to the Thessalonians as well. And this is our text for today. Let's read it together, guys. First Thessalonians chapter 4, picking it up in verse 13. He says, Paul says, but I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren. Why, Paul? He says, because you were concerned about those who had fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who, who, who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the what, guys? Trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ is going to rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air. Thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, last week, last week we covered verses 13 through 16, and we talked about all those who, ready, had fallen asleep in Christ. 
fallen asleep. Now, why do you do air quotes? Because we're going to talk about why Paul used that word. Now, Mike, he could easily employ the word dead or died, those who have died. I mean, in our culture, we see people, they die. We know that. They're not alive anymore. They're, and, but Paul says, no, 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 but, but, but wait, wait. We're going we're gonna to see why he used those, those who fall asleep in Christ. Now, let me just stop right there. The people who fall asleep in Christ are dead. We got to be careful that we don't go, oh, no, see, they're just soul sleep. They're just, no, 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 they, their bodies are dead. We put them in the ground. But there's a reason why he used that. Because he wanted to give you and I an eternal hope. Hope. In a world, Amanda, where, they, where we see hopelessness, guys, where we see hopelessness, Paul says, I want to give you hope. It was Charles Seat once wrote, quote, with Christ in your life, you have an endless hope. But without Christ, you will have a hopeless end. Which of these will you have? An endless hope or a hopeless end? End quote. That's what he wrote. Ben, dude, that's just a quote. No, 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 guys, let's, let's break it down. Think about it. Think about this. When you have Jesus in your life, when you have Jesus in your life, man, you have, you have an endless hope. You watch the news, you still have hope. You see a world, and, and, and guys, we, we're doing this today. We're, we're pulling out our hair in disbelief of what's going on in our country slash world. We're, we're in disbelief. Are you serious? Are, this is what's, are you kidding me? And we feel, help me, we feel helpless, don't we? We feel like I can't do anything. I mean, what is my voice going to matter? But then I realize, God's not dead. God's on the throne. He's, he's still in charge. He's still in control. So even though I don't have a voice in America or a voice in the world, God still hears my voice. And I can come to him and go, God, I'm struggling. I'm, I don't know what's going on, Lord. Please. And he says, let me give you an endless hope. An endless hope. Now, we talked, guys, and we discovered that those who died in Christ, that's what's going to happen first. Those who die in Christ, right? And he gives us hope because, remember, some fella came into the Thessalonian church and said, Hey, you missed the rapture. You're all still here. And somebody raised his hand and so are you. You know, that sort of thing. But then he said, "But and you know your loved ones? They're not with Jesus either. Paul's like, whoa, time out. That's not right. That's false doctrine. He says, no, no, let me tell you. And so what he does is he gives them hope. He says, let me tell you what happens to people who die in Christ. You go, what's that? He says, but I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren. Remember, he says that. Now, why? Because the Thessalonian church thought they, I mean, he's like, listen, I don't want you to be unaware. I don't want you to think that you need to know. You need to know. And he says, I don't want you, but I love the fact that he says this. 
You need to know, brethren. You know the term brethren? It means family. He loves, he loves the people so much that he considers them. Guys, guys, you need to know. You need to know. Well, Paul, what do we need to know? He says, there's people who have fallen asleep, but I, want you, I don't want you to sorrow like those who have no hope. Church, as a pastor, I've been to both funerals where it is a Christian and where it's not a Christian. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. Although death is hard. For the Christian, we have hope. Paul says, I don't want you to be agneo, unaware. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm telling you. I don't want you to be in the dark. I don't want you to, about what, Paul? He says, about those who have fallen asleep. Now, why does he use that? Why does he use that term, fallen asleep, as a reference to death? Because for us, church, death is so permanent. Our view of death is permanent. And it is, is it not? It really is for the most part. Because when we put somebody in the grave, we don't see them again. We don't hear them. We don't, and it hurts. Can I get an amen? It hurts. And I would never, never just go, oh, well, you know, come on, get over it. No, 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 it hurts. It even hurts with people that we we weren't even close to or we don't know that well. But as believers, guys, Paul is telling us that death for the believer is not a permanent thing. It's not a permanent thing. Catch this. Under the power of the Holy Spirit, Paul the Apostle says, man, listen, he, he, he says, I, I know that basically they've, they've just fallen asleep. And I bet he smiles at the, in the meantime. He smiles because he goes, well, and we're going, wait, why? He says, because I know that you, you feel like the grave has the last word. But Paul says, no, 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 no. The grave doesn't have the last word. See, listen to me. Here's some hope. If your Christian mom or your Christian dad or your brother, or uncle, or cousin, or daughter, whatever it might be, has died, that's not the end. That's not the end. It's like they've fallen asleep, and then they're going to be soon awakened by the sudden return of Jesus. Now, the video we saw is for us, those who are at church and remain, but... What we didn't see in the video, because they probably can't capture that, is that the dead in Christ are going to go first. I used to think, I really used to think, I mean, we would be able to see like, like, like say you just happen to hang out at the graveyard. I don't know who does, but let's just say you were passing a graveyard that you would see stones slip over. And I mean, but, but it's going to happen so fast. Did you see in that? It was like, boom. And so the, the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Now, why else would Paul give us hope? Well, he tells us, guys, he says, so that you don't sorrow like others that don't have any hope. That you can count the days when you'll, when you'll be reunited. You know, we've lost that term. Um, we used to have big reunions. Do you remember family reunions? People don't do too much of that anymore. 
And of course, with the, with the pandemic and such, they're saying don't. But family reunions were, were awesome, weren't they? And you got to see cousins and people. You got to catch up on all the gossip in the family. Well, did you know? No, I didn't. Look. But family reunions were cool. And, and, and guys, think about it. That's exactly what's going to happen. We're going to be in a big family reunion in the sky. We're going to see all of our loved ones. But I guarantee you they're not going to go, oh, well, tell me what it was like on earth after I left. Really? What did you do? Well, you know, I ended up with more kids and, and we had a house. That's not going to be the topic of heaven, is it? We're going to get up there and go, wow. And he's like, let me show you. Let me show. Look at this. And then they're just going to be so excited. I want you to think of something, guys. I want you to think of something, Eva. Think of this with me, okay? There's an old hymn that says that it'll be worth it all. All of life's trials, it'll be worth it all when we see Jesus face to face. Okay? Now, think of heaven for just a moment. Think about what's the first thing you're going to do. You know what I think? I'm going to cry uncontrollably and see my Savior's face. I just think I'm just, I, I think, man, for at least 10 or 15 years, I'm just going to cry. At least. Just, just, wow. The streets of gold, that doesn't mean anything to me. Well, your dad who passed away, your grandma who passed, you get to see them. That, that's okay. But heaven is not heaven without Jesus. And my, my plea to you guys is that you would love the Lord your God with all your heart, that you'd be so in love with Jesus. And the rest of that is just bonus. The rest of that is amazing. Because you're not going to go, man, bricks, gold. I wonder what I could do with these. Worship. Maybe I could take one. I don't know. That has nothing to do. You're going to be, you're going to be in heaven. Okay? And so, and so he says, if, if we believe, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God's going to bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. And that is amazing. Why? Because let's just say the Lord tarries. And we pass to be with the Lord. We're going to come back with him. God is so powerful that whether you're cremated or you're put in the ground or your ashes are scattered in the sea or whatever it might be, God goes boom, and he's going to give you a brand new body. And we're going to come with him. We're going to come with him. Now, I don't know about you, and I don't know how Jesus is going to come, but uh, I think the Lord's going to be with me going, Ben, could you move over a little bit? I've got work to do. Wait, no, uh-uh. I'm never letting you go. Ben, really, seriously, you're, you're okay. I know. But if I could just touch the hem of your garment, Lord, I'll, I'll be happy. But you're going to go get a new body. Cool. Because we believe. Now, what does it mean to believe? You ready? When you put your faith and trust in him. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? And I'll tell you why. Because now is not the time for you and I to be playing, I won't even say church, playing Christianity. 
Now's not the time. As you saw in the video, there were people who realized that they weren't right with God. Well, I can't believe you played that video to scare. I didn't play it to scare you. I wanted to see how, guys, in a moment it could happen so that your heart would be prepared. I I likened it like this. I likened it to the fact that if your house was burning and I'm walking by, I wouldn't go, hey, Tamri, are you okay? And she's like, help me! Oh, okay. But I don't want to offend you. We would never do that. If Tamri was screaming that her house was burning, we're going to go in and get her. And that's how I feel spiritually. I don't want to offend you, but listen, you've got to know Jesus. You've got to know Jesus. So Jesus dies and he rose again, taking our place. That's why death is no longer a permanent thing. Because of Jesus. Okay? That's why belief always comes first. We put our faith and trust in Jesus dying and wrote, that's, that's their prayer. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe on the third day you rose again. We believe that. I believe it. I've been to the tomb. It's empty. I've been in Israel. It's empty. Well, you can't really believe that's the tomb. It's empty. It's empty. Every other spot in Israel, there's a big, massive church in it. Every other spot, there's no grave of the Lord, is there? It's empty. So I believe that. I believe that. So Paul looks at you very lovingly and says, here's the thing. Don't worry. Your loved ones who knew Jesus, they're in heaven waiting for you. Don't don't worry. You're going to see him again. You're going to see him again. Okay? So that's what happens to those who have died. We get to see him. We get to see him. We get to see him. And God's going to bring them with them. Now, we talked about last week. Remember, we talked about, well, well, you know, where are they now? Like, what are they doing? Well, we know that the Bible says that, again, what happened, let me just give you, let me just give you just a real recap, because I want you to understand, before Jesus came, Old Testament, okay, and even the Gospels, because you understand that he didn't die till the end of the Gospel, okay? So up until that, if you died, if you died, you went to a place called Hades. Everybody understand that? Hades had two compartments. One of them was labeled Abraham's bosom. That was the place where Abraham went. Those are the place who believed in God, who believed in the coming Messiah. Those are the ones who are, they're just in there. And so you have Moses, you have Abraham, you have Isaac, you have Jacob, you have all those, all the Old Testament saints hanging out. You go, Ben, what were they doing? I don't know, but I mean, could you imagine? When Lazarus died, do you remember Lazarus, the beggar? He went to Abraham's bosom. He's like, hey, fellas, what are you doing? Right? And they're like, oh, we're just hanging out. We're waiting for Jesus. I know him. You don't know Jesus. No, I've seen him. What do you mean? I, I walked with him. I walked with Jesus. You know Jesus. You should have seen his eyes. You should have seen the miracles. And then we know the story, right? All of a sudden, Lazarus. Dudes, I think he's calling me. 
And, and you know, the, right? What do you think Lazarus said? Lisa, when he got back, I got to tell, tell you. He wasn't even talking about heaven. Guess what he was talking about? Paradise. Abraham's bosom. The problem is, is that there's another compartment in Abraham's bosom called Hades, and that's a place of torment. That's not a place of paradise. This is a place of people who shook their fist at God, who didn't believe in him, who, who bla- I mean, all of the stuff right here. These are the people who go, no, 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 no. And they're waiting for judgment. When Jesus died on the cross, he came down. Remember, he descended first. Where did he go? He came to Hades. But he didn't come to this part. He came to Abraham's bosom. Hey, guys, you doing okay? You doing good? Y'all ready to go? Guess what they said? Mm-hmm. So he took them and he took them to heaven. So your loved one is in heaven right now with the Lord. Abraham's bosom here is empty. The people here that could see over, there's nobody there anymore. I love, I love, I love, I love that my God, he gives us so many chances. Because let's say, boom, the imminent return of Jesus comes, we're out of here, and you've been left behind. And I say you in a general sense, okay? You've been left behind. You guys know that you still have an opportunity to be saved. The people in Hades right now don't. I'm going to share something with you here in just a little bit. Okay? So that's what Hades. So the question is, with the remaining of our time, what happens to us? What happens to us? Now, if I were going to offer you this giant bag of hope, you would always have somebody who would try to discredit that hope. But let's, let's jump to it. Here, here's going to happen. Here's, here, this is you and I. What's going to happen? You ready? In 1 Thessalonians, verse 16, as we pick up, what happens next? It says, for the Lord himself will descend from where? Heaven. He's going to come with a shout, with the voice of an archangel. You guys ready? And with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Now, there are some of us in this room that go, I have read that a hundred times. I get it. What's going to happen? The Lord himself is going. Now, is the Lord going to come to earth? No. That's the second coming. When he comes the second time, he's going to put his foot on the Mount of Olives. It's going to split. That's the whole second coming. But he's going to come in the air. I started thinking about this as I was driving home yesterday. I was thinking, the Lord's going to come when there's clouds. It says, I meet the clouds in the air. But what if it's cloudy in New Mexico, but not cloudy in Texas? Is he still going to come? Are we like, well, he's not coming today because it's not cloudy. He's still going to come, is he not? So what does he say? He's coming and he's going to descend. The, and guess what? The dead in Christ will rise first. So Thing, okay, let, let's just picture heaven. You guys ready? Use your imaginations. There we are in heaven, and you're having a great time. The Lord's like, you guys ready? We're, we're going to go. We're going to go. It's time to get my bride. All of a sudden, you're going with the Lord, and you're reunited with your body. But it's not your old body, okay? It's not the body with, with, with the disease. It's not the body. It's, it's a brand new 2021, right off the showroom floor, body, right? Beautiful. 
Now, if you guys are real prayer warriors, you need to, you need to be telling the Lord kind of what you want in the meeting. You know, Lord, I'd like to be a little bit taller. You know, some of you with curly hair, can I have straight hair, Lord, this time? Because I've just dealt with curly hair all my life. You start putting in your request. Yeah, Lord. But you're going to get a body that's, that's amazing. And if it's anything like Jesus, you're going to be able to walk through walls. Isn't that cool? Be able to, man, you'll be able to go through, like, like, travel at the speed of thought. Can you imagine? Anything like, okay, hold on, hold on. Jesus wants me. I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. I mean, think about it. That's, that's, that's what it's going to be. But before, guys, he says this. He says this. He says, man, here we are. And now we have this shout. And the voice of an archangel, what does the voice of an archangel sound like? I don't know. But I wonder if he'll use the term, come here, come up here. Okay? And it says, you guys ready? With the trumpet of God. With the trumpet of God. Now, what I found interesting is throughout the Old Testament, Moses was commanded always to build two trumpets. To make two trumpets. Not Moses himself. Did you know that? Listen, look at Numbers chapter 10. You can read it with me up in the screen. It says this, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Make two silver trumpets for yourself. You shall make them hammered work. You shall use them for what? The calling the congregation for the direction of the movement of the camps. And when they blow both of them, all the congregation shall gather before you at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. Two trumpets. Why would you need two trumpets? Yo, Mo, why do you need two trumpets? Well, in case one breaks, we got to have one ready to go. Or could it be in Old Testament, as they blew the trumpet, that was to call the congregation of Israel to order. But what if the second trumpet is to call the church home? And when we hear that trumpet, I thought, wow, wow. Because he says this, listen, guys, with the trumpet of God, he's going to call his children home. Wow. I think that is so cool. Two trumpets. The first trumpet, Israel, and the second trumpet, let's go, church. Let's go. Let's grow. What happens when you hear the trumpet? What happens when you hear the trumpet? It says this, guys. Then we who are alive, how many of you are alive? Okay. How many of you are you alive in here today? <laughs> You're like, duh. We're alive. Right? I did that in I did that at Calvary Southwest on Wednesday, and they all looked at me like, it's a trick question, right? I said, Are you breathing? We don't know what to do. Okay, are you alive? Yes, we're alive. We're alive and we remain. And the, and the Bible says that we're going to be caught up. Everybody say caught up. Okay. It, let me, let me explain what this term means. Okay. You guys know it's the Greek word harpazo. It means to snatch very quickly, very quickly. Okay. Let's say my sister Yvonne is walking and, and she's walking by train tracks and the train's coming, but she's, uh, texting somebody and she just happens to miss. And I see the train coming and I run over there and I snatch her away from being hit by the train. That's the Greek word harpazo. Very violently. Quickly. That's what it means. 
Boom, out of the way. So you understand. He says, man, you're going to hear, boom, shout, voice, trumpet. And we're going to be caught up. Now, listen, I guarantee you, I have had people tell me, well, you know what? Listen, I don't believe in a pre-trib rapture. I am a mid-trib. I believe that it's going to happen in the middle of the tribulation. Oh, what's your standing on that? Well, nobody knows the day or the hour. So even though we can pinpoint from three and a half years from the signing of the peace treaty in Daniel, we, that would, okay, we, even though we, well, nobody knows the day. Okay. Well, where do you stand? Well, I stand post-trib. I think we're going to go, the church is going to go through the tribulation. And then after the seventh year, okay, then the Lord's going to come back. He's going to pick up his church, but then he's going to come back for the second coming. So we're going to kind of do this rebound thing. We're going to do this bounce, right? Boom, we're out and then we're back. I'll just tell you where we stand. We stand in a pre-trib and just waiting for the Lord. Okay? Let me just say this to you. It is a non-essential. It does not mean we can't have fellowship, and it does not mean we're not brothers. Well, you're post-trib. I can't even talk to you. Ew. It doesn't mean any of that, guys. It just means we have different beliefs. But an essential is the death, burial, and resurrection. An essential is the virgin birth. But when we go home... We'll leave that to the Lord. Well, why do you say that? I'll tell you why. Because you can prove any one of those points scripturally. But what I found is there's more proof biblically into a pre-trib rapture. Over the years that I've studied it, I've just go, okay, there's more conclusive proof. Not to mention, I don't want to stay here. I don't want to be here for three and a half years. I don't care. I don't want to be here for seven years. Yes, but God's going to take care of you. I get that, but I'd rather be with him. And, but, and if we're post-trib, when is the seven-year, the marriage supper of the Lamb? Like, when do we eat? <laughs> don't look at me that way. Y'all are a bunch of foodies like me. Come on. You're all grilling for Super Bowl Sunday. Where's the invite? So we're going to be caught up. Harpazo. Everybody say harpazo. Write that down. H-A-R-P-A-Z-O. Harpazo. Because that's exactly what we're going to be. And uh, here's what I would ask you. Are you ready for the harpazo? Are you ready? Because when it comes to believers, I think when we look back, we should be thankful. Can I get an amen? Looking back at life, we're thankful. Some of us have been through ashes, but God is raising up beauty out of those ashes. Come on. When we look, when we look around, we should be serving. There's a lot of needs out there. Let's, what can I do? What can I do? So we look back, we're thankful. When we look right here, when we look around, we're, we should be serving. When we look forward, we should be trusting. You know Jesus is already there. You know he's already there. You need to rest. But when we look up, we should be expecting. We should be expecting. Hey, let me ask you a question, since we're talking about the rapture. Would your life change in any way, shape, or form... If you knew Jesus was coming back 
February 14th at 9 o'clock. Would it change? And I hope you say, no, I'm still doing the things that I would always do. I'm still reaching out. I'm still... But if you say yes in your spirit, you're like, oh, yeah, I would... I would. Oh, I'd get really clean. I would live very, very holy for the next week. <laughs> we got to check our hearts because we need to be expecting that that could happen. We need to be expecting. And so here we are, guys, February 2021, and we're waiting the return of Jesus. And all of a sudden, violently, <laughs> we're gone. I used to joke around. I joked around with Mike last week. I said, well, if Mike's a mid-tribber, I would tell him what, what, what we're doing on the way up, but it's going to be so fast and so violent that I won't be able to tell him what's going on. I'll have to wait till he gets to heaven when he's looking around going, what happened? I thought I was going to be here for the... I'll say, Mike, preacher, bro, we're here. Oh, okay. I told you. But remember, our loved ones go first. But don't worry if you're a competitive person. Any competitive persons in here? You guys know what I'm talking about? You, you, play a, you play games and you have to win. I know my daughter is very competitive. She got it from her mother. But don't worry about if you're competitive and you have to be first because it says in a, in a, in a half a blink we'll be with Jesus. In a half a blink. Why does they say that, Amanda? Why does he say half a blink? And I'll tell you why. Because we have people out there going, well, if I know Jesus is coming, I can get right. I can get right in the moment. I'll just, I'll just pray that sinner's prayer. Listen, I'm going to live my life. I'm going to, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to go out. I'm going to party. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And then if I know Jesus is coming, if it's getting close, I'll say, Lord Jesus, please forgive me. And, and I'll be raptured. No, no, no. It's going to, that's not what the Bible says. Half a blink, guys. The twinkling of an eye. Half a blink. Notice what Paul says. Guys, here's what I want you to see. This is what, this is what got me, okay? Then we who are alive and remain, we're remaining right now, will be harpazo with them, the dead in Christ, to meet the Lord in the air. Let me just say this to you. You're the generation. You're the people that are going to see the rapture of the Lord. Well, Pastor Ben, you don't know if it's going to come now. You don't know if it's going to be 10 years from now. You're still going to see him. Notice what he says. You guys ready? Look at the end of verse 17. And thus we shall be, or, or thus we shall always be, with the Lord. You guys see that? You ever have a scripture when it jumps out at you and hits you in the face a couple of times, like you've read it and it's like, <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's happened to me this week. When I read this scripture, I was like, yeah, and we're going to be the Lord in the air. And thus, and you go, cool, we're always going to be with the Lord. Does your finite brain realize you're always going to be with God eternally? Eternally. Forever forever, right? And it's like, whoa! I've read Revelation, 
we're going to go seven years, going to be a thousand years reigning on earth, then a new heaven, new earth, and then we're going to be with him eternally. This is forever, forever, forever. Not, not, not 15 years and then, uh, you know, and then it resets and we come back. No, forever. Everybody say forever. You don't realize forever. You go, okay, dude, chill. What happened? Here's what happened. If I'm going to be with the Lord forever, eternally, what the Lord spoke to me is that there are going to be people who are not with the Lord forever. And I about broke down because I was thinking, okay, so like we're frustrated with things that go on in our world, and we're frustrated with our leaders, and we're frustrated with certain things. Guys, it used to be hidden, but evil is not hidden anymore. Evil is, is, is very much apparent. Can I get an amen? But you realize that those people who don't know Jesus, don't know Jesus, are going to spend eternity apart from him in hell. Okay, see, our brains, our God is so graceful that we think, well, He's so good. Maybe they'll, they'll spend, maybe they'll spend 15, 20 years. Maybe they'll realize that they've, how awful they were. Maybe they'll realize how evil they were and God will give them a break. Do you realize that that's, that's it? If we're going to always be with the Lord, they're going to always be not with the Lord. So what does that do? That makes us want to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray and ask God to save them. See, but we have, we sometimes have the David complex, don't we? We want to pray, God, knock them in their teeth and they deserve hell and blah, 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 blah. And I can't believe this and they're so evil and, and they're going to kill. Listen. Eternity. You guys know Dives, right? Dives in Luke 16 that he's still in Hades. He's still waiting his judgment forever. Do you remember what Dave Dive said? Dive said, hey, can I go tell my, please, let me go tell my brothers. Let me go tell my family that they, they shouldn't come to this place to, to believe. And, and, and what did he say? What did Abraham say? Dude, you can't. They have Moses and the prophets. In other words, they have the word of God. And they're not even going to believe if someone were to rise from the dead. What's your point, pastor? Here's the hope. If you die... You go to be with Jesus. And we're going to have a party at your funeral, okay? We're going, to, we're going to put the fun in funeral. We're going to rejoice. Now, we'll miss you. We'll miss you. We miss our loved ones. But we're going to, we're going to rejoice. Okay? At my funeral, make sure you guys give an invitation. Make sure it's, a, you, I mean, because I'm not even there. Just have fun. Just have fun. If we don't die, Paul, and we get raptured, we win anyway. We win anyway. So let's be praying for those that don't know Jesus yet. Let's be praying. Pray for your leaders. Well, you know our president, you know our blah, 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 blah. Guys, be praying. Be praying for our leaders. Be praying, be praying all the way across because it's not only, it's not only politicians, guys, it's the, co-worker next to you. Uh, who do I pray for? Who do I pray for? 
Eternity is no joke. If the rapture happens, there's still opportunity for people to get saved. Can I get an amen? Isn't God good? You have to give your life, but, but you still have an opportunity. And I believe there'll be a giant revival. And I'll tell you why. Because I believe there are a lot of people that are walking the fence right now. The fence of Christianity. They have one foot in, one foot out. And when we're gone, they're going to look and go, hey, Alex is right. He's crazy, but he was right. He was so happy. I don't understand. Alex is right. Nathalie, where's Nathalie? I mean, I'm, let me call her phone. She didn't answer. She was right. She was right. And so Paul says to you and I, okay, here's, what, here's, here's the goal. Here's what I want you to do. He says in verse 18, he says, therefore, because you know all of this, because it's in your heart, he says, comfort one another with these words. Comfort one another. That's the comfort. The comfort is, hey, it's okay. You're going to see grandpa again. Hey, it's okay. You're going to see grandma again. It's going to be amazing. Hey, you're going to see your mom. This is amazing. Guys, this is why we should party when somebody gets saved. Right? I mean, we really should. Here's what we do. Yay, I don't think it's going to take. We'll just watch him. Yet the Bible says the angels go nuts in heaven when somebody repents and comes forward. But we do, guys. We're, we're skeptical, aren't we? We're skeptical. I don't think it's going to take. I don't think he means it. We should be excited. Hey, man, that's amazing. That's amazing. Guys, we have had so many people sit in those chairs, walk forward, only to be taken to heaven a few weeks later. There was a lady who used to come to this church and she would bring her grandpa, her, her, I mean, her dad. Her dad, um, he'd come in with a walker. I mean, he was about 80, 90 years old. He'd come in, and he'd sit in the back. And he'd listen to me. And then one day I gave an invitation, and he got up. And he came, and he stood right here. And he prayed. He turned around, walked back. Three weeks later, he was with the Lord. That's our job. That's our job. To lovingly tell people to bring them in to the family. Okay, so you all have new job descriptions, okay? You you all are family recruiters now. You're going to go out and you're going to recruit people into the family. And I'll tell you why. Because we're living in a hopeless world. And a lot of folks are going, I, I, I have no hope. I have no hope. And you tell them. Tell them what Jesus did for you, man. Tell them how you used to live and what Jesus has done. Tell them how he's changed your life. Tell them how you're not perfect. And how you still struggle, but the Lord is with you. Or sometimes don't tell them anything and just, just, just hug their neck and cry with them.
So this is, going to, going to, this is what happens to us. Now, here's what I want you to jot down, okay? Remember, remember, remember. Number one, this is a promised event. God keeps his promises. He says it's going to happen. It's a promised event. Number two, it's a sudden event. Okay? It's promised and it's sudden. There's no warning. There's no sirens that are going to go off and go, okay, get ready. It's going to happen. That's why we put our faith and trust in Jesus now. You know what happens when we put our faith and, dress, uh, uh, our faith and trust in Jesus? Lisa, you know what happens? We rest. We just rest. Well, what are you doing? Waiting for Jesus. Do we still sin sometimes when we're waiting for Jesus? Yeah. We quickly, we quickly restore that relay. Lord, forgive me. That was just really, I'm so sorry, Lord. My attitude stinks today. Will you please forgive me. I'm saved. 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 If you're taking note as well, and you want to just jot this down, remember there's five we statements in, in this passage. Five we, okay? We. He says, if we... For if we believe Jesus died and rose again, so we need to believe. That's the first thing. We, okay, Alex, you and me, we, family. He says, for we say by the word of the Lord, okay, number three, we who are alive and remain, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. So we are going to be caught up. He says, and this is the one, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. We. As I was studying this week and meditating on, on the scripture, there's a couple of songs that came to mind as I, as I finish. I, I think the first one is that one what we talked about last week, you know, life is filled with guns and wars and all the children got trampled on the floor. I wish we'd all been ready. That's really my heart. I wish we'd all been ready. Because Christians aren't selfish. We're not supposed to go, well, I'm going to go, you're not, nanny, nanny, boo, boo. You know, we're not, that's not, we're, we want to all be ready. All of us. If you saw the video, there were people who were left behind. I wish we'd all been ready. You know? A man and wife asleep in bed. She hears a noise, turns her head, he's gone. I wish we'd all been ready. Don't tell me y'all don't sometimes go like this in the bed and make sure that he's still there. We all doubt our salvation. Sometimes we're like, okay, he's still there. I'm okay, we're good. You'll be ready too. You'll be ready too. The other song that comes to mind, if I were going to, if I were going to make a mixtape for you all, one of them would be, I wish we'd all been ready, but the other one would be um, Walking on Sunshine. Do you remember that one? Back in the 80s? That's a pretty cool song. Walking on sun. Why, why would you say that? I said, because when we're caught up to meet the Lord, we're going to be walking on sunshine. We're going to be walking on sunshine. It's going to be a glorious day. And why do I say that? Here's why. Listen, everything in your life going on right now, all the trials, all the tribulations, all the stress, all the drama, everything that we endure, it's okay. Because one day, man, the glorious news is you'll be walking on sunshine with Jesus. 
You'll be walking on sunshine with Jesus. Now, I believe that there are people, there are some people that say, Pastor, to be honest with you, I I don't know if I have a relationship with God. Let me tell you a story as we close. It was Wednesday night. I was at Calvary Chapel in Southwest in Albuquerque, and I had preached a message, Embrace Change. And I gave an opportunity for people to receive Christ. And I sat up there and I received Christ and I said, hey, listen, if you, if you don't have a relationship with God or you feel like you're a million miles away, you know, I want you to lift up your hand and I want God to see you. And, and as I was doing there, you know, throughout the teaching, I can see what's going on. And in the platform, I saw a little, a, a young teenager girl sitting way, probably where Yvonne is sitting a little bit farther back. And she's kind of messing with her friend and she's elbowing and they're giggling throughout the thing. And, and then all of a sudden, right about the end, she turned serious. And I could see, and I'm still preaching. I, I said, hey, if you've, if you've never given your life to the Lord and you want to give your life to the Lord, you need to, you need to raise your hand. And I could see her raise her hand. Now, the, the fidgeting in the girl and her friend, that stopped. God was moving. And she raised her hand. And so I led three of them, four of them in a prayer. Hey, and, and so we rejoiced and we clapped. And so afterwards... This young 18-year-old comes up to me and wants to say thank you. And I say, well, what's your name? And she goes, my name's Hunter. And I said, well, Hunter, that's awesome. Had, had you ever done this before? She goes, as a matter of fact, she goes, I prayed this prayer when I was back in September. She goes, but I really felt like people wanted me to. I didn't do it on my own. But tonight, I wanted to. I wanted to give my life to Jesus. And she's bawling. And she's bawling. And so the thing about it, if you would have asked her in September, hey, do you have a relationship with Jesus? She would have told you yes, but in reality, she she didn't. And there's a lot of people who go, I think I have a relationship. I think I'm saved. I, I think I would be walking on sunshine, but you don't have a relationship with God. But God is so wonderful and amazing that he's inviting you into this family and he's opened up his heart and say, would you please come? Would you please come? I don't know when there's going to be another invitation. Please come. And, and that's when we make a decision. We go, yes, Lord, amen. And I don't care who sees me. I want to be saved. Or we go, no, I'm cool. Everything's good. I'm good. And we go on our way and we keep doing the things that we do. I see God moving mightily. And so I know a lot of people are watching. I know maybe you're here today and you've never given your life to the Lord. You don't have a relationship with God. But today you're saying, I I need to have a relationship with God. I want my past to be gone. I want to start fresh. I want to give my life to Jesus. In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity because I don't want you to be left behind. We, we need to go. We need to be ready. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you for your word today and the truth in your word. And we love you so much. We're excited, God, that we're the generation that's going to see the imminent return of Jesus. We're excited, God, that you're going to do an incredible work in our lives. We're excited that we can, we can see what you're doing. And Lord, with our, our 
head bowed and our hearts bowed before you in humility. Maybe there's somebody here or maybe there's somebody watching online who's never responded to an invitation. Or, or, or they did, but they didn't really make that. They made the commitment for friends, not because they really wanted to. And I'm praying your Holy Spirit would just move mightily on that. Lord, this is what it's about. It's about people being saved. It's about people in the family of God. And so with every eye closed and every head bowed, how many of you would say, Pastor Ben, would you pray for me? I want to be right with God today. I want to be right. I want to give my life to him. I surrender all. And all you have to do is lift up your head and say, Pastor, pray for me. Would you do that right now if God is speaking to you? Just lift up your hand, and, and you're going to be in a right relationship with the God that created you. Maybe you're watching online, and you're saying you're lifting up your hand, and God can see you. God can see you, so lift up your hand and say, yes, yes. And you would pray something like this. With all of your heart, you would say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I believe in you, and I'm sorry for my sin. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you died on the cross. I believe that you went to Hades, Lord, and I believe you resurrected, and I believe you're coming back for me. Today is a brand new day, Lord, and so I ask you to forgive me, restore my life within me, And I'm asking Jesus to ask you to come into my heart and guide me from now on. And I'm asking you to be my Lord and my God and my Savior and be my friend. I choose this day to follow you, Jesus, for forever I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you raised your hand and you prayed that prayer, I want to welcome you to the family of God. Amen. Amen. We have a Bible and a Bible study guide. Hey, if you're watching online, just just jot down, man. We'll send you a Bible. We'll send you a Bible study guide. We'd love you so much. And uh, man, we just invite you. We invite you. We invite you. Now, next week, next Sunday, guys, we're going to start talking about sequentially what's going to have what what has happened that leads us to believe we're we're on the threshold of the tribulation. What has happened biblically? And then we're going to see, we're going to do a couple of studies on that. It's exciting. It's exciting. You're going to see, you're going to go, wow, wow. So what have we learned so far? We learned that we're living in the last days. Okay, Timothy said, lovers of themselves, lovers of money, both will all do. What did he say? He said, um, 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 they have a form of godliness, but deny its power. You go, amen, I see that all the time. But the second thing we learned is that this is what happens to those who go before us, and then we're ready, we're waiting. It could happen right now. Okay, maybe in the next five seconds. But now we're going to look next week. Now, Wednesday night, we're in Revelation. We're in Revelation, okay? We're going to see the Church of Philadelphia on Wednesday night. If you're not here, watch us, tune in online. And uh, we love you guys. We love you. We love you. God bless you. Have a great day. And um, root for your favorite team. Amen? All right, God bless you. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 
or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.